Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Browns fans, before we get started, I just want to thank the sponsors of today's show, Manly Bands. Get 25% off your entire order at manlybands.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, use promo code dogs to get the best wedding rings made for men. And BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month of talk therapy that's 100% online and 100% on your time. Head to betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash dogs, use promo code dogs, 10% off your first month. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Josh All with Kenny Mack today, and he's got his... <laughs> see, doesn't that sound great? He's got his new mic set up and everything yeah. there in the home studio. Dude, you're looking good. You're looking legit now. Yeah. Yeah, I feel good. Let's get this party started. That's right. And I like that we're doing this uh, episode together and you're wearing a Dogs Podcast t-shirt and I'm wearing an Ottawa Browns backers t-shirt. So this is pretty, <laughs> we didn't plan this. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yep. These are the Joe Thomas Hall of Fame shirts, which are awesome. These things are so cool. On the episode today, we just kind of want to kick things around. We're going to talk about the press conference today, Kevin Stefanski, Introducing Ken Dorsey, Ken Dorsey and the things that he had to say as the new offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, a little speculation on play calling duties, which we'll get into that discussion, me and Kenny. And then we'll talk real quick about, again, Bill, Call- or, uh, yeah, Bill Callahan going to Tennessee to join his son Brian's coaching staff and you know why Kevin Stefanski and the Browns opted to just let him go, which you know was, I, we felt like that was a pretty classy move. And Kevin talks about that. We'll touch on what Joe Thomas said about the speculation of him being potentially a, a candidate for the O-line coaching position. And then David and Joku pretty much bodied Micah Parsons on the, uh, what was it, the Madden 24 challenge at yeah. the Pro Bowl. Uh, the video clip is going crazy around Twitter and the, the interwebs right now. So we'll play that. We'll talk about it. And we'll see if we have time for anything after that. But those are the main things we want to dive into. And I did want to mention right before we got on, Kenny said something about the Senior Bowl and how we're not we don't have everything ready to talk about that. But I did want to mention stay tuned in the coming weeks. I don't know if it'll be this week or next week, but we are going to have Barry Shuck on like we always do. He's the staff writer for Dogs by Nature. He was in Mobile at the Senior Bowl all week at the game doing all that stuff. And he comes on every year and gives us a list of names and i don't let me see if i have it in front of me here i have 
Some of these names that Barry has mentioned in previous years, he's talked about on our show leading up to the draft. Guys like Greg Newsome, Jahan Dotson, Khalil Shakir, David Bell, Jaden Reed, Rasheed Rice, Luke Musgrave, Dewan Jones. These are guys that Barry comes on here talking, hey, the Browns should take a look at these guys. So pretty insightful stuff. Stay tuned for that episode. It's always fun talking to Mr. Barry Shuck. So let's talk about what Lance Rieslin uh, on Cleveland.com had to say about Ken Dorsey potentially calling plays and, you know, kind of his his overview of Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator based on some film breakdowns. So he said that he believes Kevin Stefanski will pass the play calling duties over to Ken Dorsey. And his words were, when I watch Bill's film from 2022 to 2023, Dorsey and Stefanski have a ton of similarities in their philosophies. Though a few schemes are different, both believe in great run-pass balance with consistent rhythm and structure. They both want to establish a powerful run game and use play action to take some shot plays. They both have had some of their greatest successes from multiple tight end sets. These multiple tight end personnel groups give an offense great flexibility with formations and the ability to create favorable matchups. This similarity in style, belief, and philosophy is the reason I feel Stefanski will allow Dorsey to call plays. Kenny, do you think that Kevin Stefanski is going to give over play calling duties to Ken Dorsey? So when the press the presser started, uh, they got into that right away, and Stefanski basically said, "We're not going to get into it." So he kind of like put it uh, put it to bed right there. But he did also say he's going to help us and help me. He also, after the interview process was done, he really sounded like he was the top candidate. Uh, they were. I don't know if you heard this, but they kind of made mention that they knew each other for a while. They they kind of had the same philosophy. And when they asked about play calling, you know, he said, we, we'll get there. We didn't say no. But I, I didn't find that they basically um, uh, talked about it. But I think it's going to happen. And based on what you're saying, I can see the same philosophies as well. Now, the biggest thing is, is AVP is gone. Bill Callahan is gone. They were the collective play calling uh, three, right? And since they're not there, it's just Stefanski now. So he's going to have to rely on somebody and somebody that has a good play calling uh, resume, which he has um, in Buffalo. And he was just unfortunately let go, which the their offense did get worse as well. Yeah. Right. So I think it can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely see it happening. And, you know, we talked about Tommy Reese coming in the new tight end coach and um, Kevin talked about him in the presser too. Did he not? Or was that a different quote I saw about Tommy Reese? Tommy Reese. Yeah. He talked a little bit about okay. him um, and uh, that he would be adding up into the, uh, to the play calling, but it was mainly, mainly about him, how the offense was going to be structured, how they have to account for Bill Callahan being gone and just take what the players do well and move that forward with a game plan. Exactly. So, you know, when Ken Dorsey was first hired, I know there was like mixed reaction to it. Uh, Blake's initial reaction was this sucks. And then after, you know, I saw a lot of people online, the same thing. And then other people were saying, this is a great hire. After looking into it, you come to realize that he has had some very, very profound success with quarterbacks similar to Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton, yeah. Josh Allen. And I think Deshaun Watson is, 
I, I think Josh Allen is a great passer. He has a very strong arm, but I think overall, all the mechanics, all the tools, I think Deshaun Watson's probably the best passer of that group. And yeah. I'll, I'll kind of get into that because uh, Lance Riesland, who I just read, this is what we're talking about here, this article on Cleveland.com. And he also said that, um, let me see, his main concerns with Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator are one scheme alignment with Kevin Stefanski and turnovers. He says that Ken Dorsey runs offense with a similar mindset as Stefanski, which we just read his quote on that. That's one reason why he thinks Kevin will give Dorsey the play calling, but it could also be a negative because it doesn't bring the innovation that you know we were all hoping for for the offense. But I think we're forgetting about Tommy Reese. And I think Tommy Reese is the guy bringing in some of those college concepts into this pro game, you know, the offense for the Cleveland Browns. So it, I think they're doing a really good thing here. They're bringing in smart people into the room, a collective unit. Stefanski, I mean, we hired him as the offensive leader. That, that was his acumen from Minnesota. That's his specialty. So he's still the leader of that offensive unit. You bring in a guy like Ken Dorsey who can also do the same things Kevin can do. He can really help Deshaun Watson elevate his game. And then you get the college perspective, the innovation from a guy like Tommy Reese, and you bring them all into one. We didn't need to go out and get an offensive coordinator to do all those things. We get people that are very good in their lane and just bring them all into the same room. And I think it was a really smart move by the Browns. Yeah, and whether it ends up being a collaboration to start and then going to Ken Dorsey, I mean, we can't forget about Staley as well. Uh, he's seen and yes. called, uh, had his input in a lot of games also. Uh, what they're going to do in Bill Callahan's stead, I'm not 100% sure, but maybe that's why they interviewed the guy from Seattle. I mean, he's got a lot of O-line experience, so we'll see what happens with that. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what I see by hiring him is you got a guy that has success with the quarterbacks that yes. you mentioned. And on the outside, you're like, yeah, they run, they can pass, they got big arms. But Deshaun Watson probably is the most accurate of them, and that was probably the most uh, appealing thing for Ken Dorsey. Yeah, I would think so. I'm going to play a clip real quick from that conference. This is what Ken Dorsey had to say about uh, Deshaun Watson. I'm extremely excited to work with this offense, um, especially you know Deshaun and... Uh, him being one of the top quarterbacks in this league, um, the opportunity to really go out there uh, this season and help him prove that you know he he really is that um, you know a top quarterback in this league that can operate and and help us win a bunch of football games. So the investment the Browns made in Deshaun Watson obviously was a very big one. So it makes sense that they would want to bring in a guy who they believe can just make sure we get the absolute most out of our quarterback. Another thing Lance said here on the kind of negative side of this, he said that if jo Josh Allen was kind of a turnover machine in Buffalo, let's just call it what it is. And he said if his turnovers were a result of fundamentals, preparedness, and or not understanding the plays, then that all goes back to a coaching issue. Now, if those were a lot of mistakes on Josh Allen's part, just him trying to play hero ball or pressing a little bit just because that's his nature as an athlete, that's one thing. But if those other things were an issue, that could be, you know, on Ken Dorsey, but I, I don't necessarily have that fear. What gives me a lot of confidence in having Deshaun Watson paired with Ken Dorsey is that Deshaun Watson has never been a big turnover or mistake prone type of player. He's, I don't know how many people realize this, but Deshaun Watson has only thrown more than nine interceptions in a full season one time in his career. In 2019, he threw wow. 12. Other than that, in his full seasons, he's thrown nine, seven, and in his rookie season, that was cut short. He only threw eight as a rookie. 
Josh Allen, on the other hand, only has one season with fewer than 10 interceptions. He threw nine in 2019, but all his other years in the NFL, Josh Allen has 12, 19, 15, 14, and just now in 2023, 18 interceptions. What's up, Browns fans in Ohio? If you haven't signed up for Caesar Sportsbook yet, now is the perfect time to do so with the NFL playoffs underway. New customers will get their first bet on Caesars up to $1,000 when signing up with our promo code DOGS1000. That means if your first bet loses, you will get your full wager returned as a bonus bet up to $1,000. Caesars offers daily profit boosts as well as Caesars rewards credits on every wager, which can be redeemed for bonuses, sports tickets, and other VIP experiences. If you're ready to join Caesar Sportsbook, go download the app and register with our promo code DOGS1000 to make sure your first bet is covered. Offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you can qualify. Yeah, look at Joe Flacco. I mean, what do you have? Ten and like four of them went for touchdowns. It's yeah. not that's not a good uh, turnover rate, right? You can't be putting points on the board. Uh, he did address the tos, like you said, or the turnovers, like you said. Um, so we don't have a QB coach. So it looks like he is going to fill a lot of that and help develop Deshaun Watson. Uh, Dorsey, just I I think he won this. He must have a fantastic plan for Deshaun Watson. Like this is a Deshaun Watson hire. They want to make him, and it could be Deshaun Watson just saying to the coach and the the staff, "Hey, you know what? I, I'm not there right now. I, I need something more. I need something more than what happened last year. And this could be the reason for this hire." Yeah, and it sounds like the Browns were very, very intricate in their interview process, very specific about what they wanted. And because Ken Dorsey was quoted as saying it was darn near like a root canal to get this job. Yeah, yeah. They Well, he specifically outlined certain things. So he uh, outlined the RPOs. He outlined the zone read. He said that he has a natural feel to the game, great instincts, and adjusts well, is what he specifically said in this. So that's great. So if we can take that to another level, because I feel both the Browns and Deshaun Watson, they want to go to the next level. And this guy outlined that plan to get this job. That's that's awesome. I mean, that's what we need. At the end of the day, yes. Do I want a an innovative offense with explosion and you know motions and all these these cool new things that the NFL is doing? Yes. But what it really boils down to is Deshaun Watson. This this team will go as Deshaun goes. We're we cannot we're not going to have a season like this every year. You cannot yeah. lose your starting quarterback and still find your way to eleven and six and the number five seed in the AFC. It's just this was a great season, a magical season, one we'll always remember. But you cannot bank on this happening all the time. You need your starting quarterback. You need your franchise guy to be at a high level. And yeah, like we've been saying here, that's what this move is all about yeah and to expand on that like what you mean is like 39 turnovers and what were we 31st in passing and we finished with 11 wins yeah that's astonishing right so the browns are addressing this and again we've said this numerous times people are unhappy that they let these coaches go but there was a very big problem on the offense and it was getting bad i mean there's even a um youtube clip where the coach from the Houston Texans calls the play, the linebacker intercepts it, returns it for a touchdown. Like that's 
you're pretty vanilla and you're getting called out on your place pretty fast if that's being recorded and putting on the net. Yeah. You're talking about when D'Amico Ryans went over and told the linebacker, I mean, I guess we're assuming, yeah. but I mean, he showed him something on the tablet right before the play and then he went out there and that's the linebacker that was right in the perfect position to pick that off and take it back. So they knew yeah. they knew what they were doing for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was like Blake. I did not like the hire. I mean, you talked me into Jeff Johnson. Was it what from uh, uh, Gerard Johnson, Gerard Johnson from uh, Houston. I was big on that. And I, I, I couldn't put my, my uh, finger on it, but I just, I wanted Kellen Moore, but I didn't want Kellen Moore, but I right? could, yeah. Play. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, there was something there. I, I don't know what it was, but I knew he could call, call plays. And I think if he can do it for Dak, I think if he could do it for uh, Herbert, he could do it for Deshaun Watson. But for some reason, so I'm okay with this hire. Yeah, I'm definitely okay with it. I've I've come around on it big time. Uh, You know, whenever you just on the surface look at things and the recency bias of all this guy was just fired from Buffalo midseason. Why are we hiring him? All that kind of stuff. Sure. I understand where the anger can come from when you're looking at it that way. But that's so recency bias. And when I look back and saw that he was the guy credited and helped coach Cam Newton to an MVP season and some of his best seasons, Josh Allen was second, finished second and third in two different seasons under Ken Dorsey in MVP voting. Yeah. Like this guy obviously knows what he's doing. And I looked at his, uh, now he didn't have a very good career in the NFL, but then again, how many, what's the percent of quarterbacks that do? Not very high. But his college record as a quarterback at Miami was something astounding. Like it was in the 90 something percent win percentage. It was crazy. Yeah. I also can't really think of a player like, or too many players, I should say that are great coaches and were great players. Right. So I can think of Mike Singletary was an okay coach and a great player. But other than that, like I'm not sure who did both at a all pro. So hall of fame level. Well, I mean, are we kind of moving on here? Because that's a good segue into the next topic that we wanted to talk about because came out last week, Bill Callahan was given permission by the Browns to go ahead, leave the team, go join Buffalo because his son Brian was hired as the head coach, former offensive coordinator of the Bengals. So pretty cool that these two get to coach together. And I'll just play this clip real quick from Kevin Stefanski talking about that. Bill Callahan, um, you know, very unique situation there to go work uh, for Brian, not with Brian. He's going to work for Brian. Um, you know, I, I can't wait for Brian to boss him around. The dream of every kid is to boss their parents around. So happy for those guys. Uh, again, I think organizationally, we realize uh, that's a unique situation and, and did not want to stand in the way of that. And, and you know, so excited for certainly Brian and, and Bill uh, down there. So I, I, Kevin Stefanski, he's just such a cool guy. I really do. I think we have a great coach. I love the guy. And that was just kind of a cool quote. You know, he gets to go work for his son. It's every kid's dream to boss around your parents. So that is a pretty unique situation. They've talked about that in the past where they would love to coach together at some point in the NFL, you know, if things aligned. And it did. And the Browns did not want to stand in the way of, you know, giving them that opportunity, which is pretty cool. Bill Callahan's done a lot for this franchise over the last four years. So it was... Kind of nice to see them pay it back to him a little bit. 
Yeah, it was a classy move by the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, Bill is over 70. So there's not too many yes. uh, kicks of the can that you have left. Like, I, I mean, if I was him, no matter what I was doing, if I was 75 after 75, I wouldn't want to do anything. So um, it, it, while he will help his son, I don't think it'll be long before he inevitably retires anyways. So we might have had one, two more years out of Mr. Callahan. And that's about it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. The time was ticking anyway for him. He wasn't going to be here for an extended period of time anyhow. And, you know, this is just kind of the last hurrah. And that's awesome. I'm glad that they get to do it. And the reason that the segue into this was you talking about how many Hall of Fame players end up being coaches and all that kind of stuff is, of course, the first thing on online that everybody started speculating was the Browns need to go get Joe Thomas to be the new offensive line coach. Get Mm -hmm. Joe Thomas, get Joe Thomas. So I think it was either the same day or the very next day, Joe Thomas talked about that to, I think it was Mary Kay at cleveland.com just said, I'm not interested at this point. I won't be interested in NFL or college jobs until my kids are in college. Maybe not even then, but certainly not until then. So forget about Joe Thomas being a coach for this team at any point, probably. I think there's uh, with Joe Thomas, I, I've met him and he's a really great guy. If you hear him, he talks a lot about his family. He talks a lot about being a great dad. He talks a lot about traveling, doing things, uh, you know, cooking beer, like all that awesome stuff. He sounds like a family man. He doesn't sound like a coach. There's a little bit of X's and O's that that guy wants to talk about based on podcast or being on TV. But in like putting together a weekend for him uh, with the Browns backer stuff that I do, his schedule is packed. So he would be putting all that aside just to concentrate on coaching. Mm -hmm. And he is coaching right now in Germany, you know, and he has his whole, but he has his whole family there. It's not NFL coaching. It's coaching for whatever league that is, but it's to develop the game in Europe. Mm -hmm. And, I don't see him ever coming into coaching. The guy has got way too much personality. In my opinion, he should be the next John Madden uh, broadcaster because he's got that much personality. <laughs> so this kind of got the conversation rolling. We were talking, you know, talked to people online and the, the people in the Discord and everything. And it was how many, because Joe Thomas is a Hall of Fame tackle, Hall of Fame player. How many NFL players make the Hall of Fame, or just even play the game at a high level for a long time and go on then to be coaches in the NFL afterward because I I feel like the percentage, and I have not looked it up, but I feel like the it's got to be zero or close to zero because these guys yeah. grind. And, and think about a guy like Joe Thomas. You know, you sacrifice all of your 20s, part of your 30s to to the game. I mean, it's a grind. It, it's like almost year round, essentially, where their football is so intensive and demanding. It, it's it's so hard on your body and just ev- everything that goes into being an NFL player. And if you do that at a high level for a long time, you're sacrificing a lot of you know time with your family when the kids are young. And at the end of the day, then you've you've contributed all you can to the game. So I feel like. What else is there to do? These guys don't need to go into coaching. There's nothing left to give to the game. All they're going to do is end up being a coach. They're going to be a coordinator here, get fired after this head coach gets fired, blah, 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 blah. Whereas a guy like Ken Dorsey, you know, had a not a very long NFL career, didn't really do anything in the NFL as a player, felt like 
I've got a lot more to give to this game. So it goes into coaching and, and is doing it that way. And I feel like that's the path a lot of guys take. Yeah. Uh, you know what? When you're elite, you made a lot of money. And if you're good with your money, you probably don't need to work. So maybe there's a lack of desire there. Also, um, with a lot of these guys, um, they're just so beat up. I mean, I, how do you stand the entire game? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look what Ron River, Ron Rivera played in the NFL. I, he actually backed up Mike Singletary. Mm. And he went through cancer. He went through a bunch of stuff. And I'm surprised that guy lasted as long as he did. He just must really love the game. So you're either both ways, whether you're a lead or not, you're going to acquire knowledge, right? It, at some point when you're not elite and not making money, but you, you don't want to leave the game because you've acquired so much knowledge, you still kind of got to, got to do it. So you either fall in love with it and do it, or you get out of it real fast. And these guys just love the game so much that they end up calling a game, being a coach. And a lot of them were leaders in the locker room, just maybe not necessarily on the field because they didn't have some of the talent. They were talented to get there, but just didn't have some of the talent to stay elite. Right. I mean, you know, you got guys like Vrabel and some other, you know, coaches that played at a pretty good level, I would say, in the NFL and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. overall, it seems like a lot of these coaches, all these coordinators, you know, they were really good in college and then you know, didn't really get much of a shot or just didn't have what it really took to compete at the NFL level, which again, that's not a knock on anybody. It's not, I saw somebody say something online about, well, Ken Dorsey wasn't good in the NFL as a player. What makes him a good coach? You don't have, that's so dumb because the percentage of players that are actually good at the NFL is so small. It's such a small percent because it takes so much to be able to compete yeah. with these guys. So just because you're not physically gifted enough to perform at a high level doesn't mean you're not mentally gifted enough to help others perform at that high yeah. level. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, you take a look at Brock Purdy and if you put put Ken Dorsey in that exact same team in that exact same situation, he'd have a better record. Mm -hmm. He had zero touchdowns, seven interceptions. He played for the Browns during some awful years and it, you know, he had the it's the um it, the decks the deck stacked against him, you know what I mean? And a lot of these guys do, it's a situational thing and they just go to co coaching. Some of them is just their body already gave out too. You know, it's a tough it's a tough game. It really is. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, the Super Bowl is coming up like, you know, this weekend. So if you are having a Super Bowl party, and you want to put out the best foods, the best meats, everything for your guests, for your Super Bowl, Super Bowl party, get to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, and use promo code dogs, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get four free chicken breasts and four free pork chops with your order. From my experience, Omaha Steaks usually ship stuff pretty quickly. So if you haven't ordered stuff yet for the Super Bowl party, seriously, get in there, get it now. Use the promo code to get the extra free food along with it. And if you got Valentine's Day, dinners, dates, stuff coming up the following week, guys, get it all ordered now so that way you're ready to go and you're ready to impress. And if you're doing Valentine's Day, I'm telling you, get the caramel apple tartlets. They are the best dessert. One of the best things I've ever had, but it's like the best dessert from Omaha. They're so good. Get those, impress your lady, do it all up, give her the meal she deserves and give your Super Bowl guests the meals they deserve. Impress everybody, omahasteaks.com slash dogs, promo code dogs to get four free boneless chicken breasts and four free pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, is there anything else you want to touch on with uh, Callahan leaving and all this kind of stuff? No, I, I, like with uh, the one thing that Ken said is they have to be intentional about what they do with the personnel because um, it was asked in the uh, press conference, are you going to change the blocking schemes? Are you going to do this? It goes back up to what they were saying uh, earlier in the press conference. They're going to just gear what they're what's good for the guys on the team. He did have a bit of a growth mindset thing too, where he was um, saying that uh, he, he had took his time, reviewed the tape from last year, you know, noted everything that worked well, but he did note everything that didn't work well. And I'm sure Stefanski went over that tape too. And they said, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And uh, based on like the emotional intelligence, we know he's got to control himself after that one <laughs> clip of him losing it, right? Yeah, so, right. Um, yeah, so I, I think he's learned something um, as far as a success rate for people that got fired mid-season and get back right into it the season after. I wouldn't have. I don't have any stats on that per se, but he did something in that interview that they believe can translate to wins next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got a guy like Arthur Smith who didn't get fired midseason, got fired after the season, immediately gets hired as the OC in Pittsburgh, and his offense was a lot worse than the Bills. So, you know, the, yeah. I think the Browns got the guy they, they wanted. I think that it was a grueling process because they just wanted – the thing with this team and this front office, this coaching staff, is everything is so intentional. You know, there are no yeah. rash decisions, I feel like, made by this team. And it's getting even more and more like that because Andrew Barry talked about in his press conference and we detailed that, what was that, last week or the week before, how Andrew Barry just continues to learn from the things that he's done that haven't worked. And I think that just makes yeah. him even more evaluating and intentional and everything about every decision that they make. So Browns are in yeah. good hands yeah. right now. Yeah, no, I, I think I think the development of the quarterbacks that Dorsey had, and it was intentional to get him based on what they want to see Deshaun, uh, or they where they want to see Deshaun at based on the the money they're paying for him. I mean, they yeah. steer cleared from all the running talk. They they talked a lot about pass. We know we've heard Deshaun Watson on his podcast talking about pass, pass, pass. Stump. They want to go up from the thirty-one uh, ranked offense. They want to be up there, and that will sacrifice some carries. Yeah, and I think that's important because we're not going to have Nick Chubb probably to start the season. And when we do get him, we have no idea what sort of effectiveness he's going to have. We're, we're hoping that he's, you know, same old Nick Chubb, but he is a little bit older of a running back now in his career, and he's coming off a career or a season-ending injury. So 
We will see, but definitely need to get this pass game ironed out. What the Browns were doing, you know, we talked about last week what Stump Mitchell said in, in regard to Joe Flacco and Deshaun Watson, how Kevin was kind of changing the play calls a little bit when he had Deshaun, and he felt more comfortable calling, you know, the the passing plays and play action things for Joe Flacco. And Stump said, just call the same plays for both guys. They can do the same things, except Deshaun can run when he needs to. So I think they need to yeah. get... They need to wrap their heads around that. Ken Dorsey's he's obviously dealt with two very good quarterbacks who can do these things that Deshaun can do. So I think we are going to be a okay. Yeah, let him pass his way out of it. Yep. All right. So let's talk about David and Joku and Micah Parsons. This was man. Whenever I saw this clip, uh, this whole Cleveland is Cleveland thing. Browns is the Browns. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that. It's such yeah. an old trope. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it doesn't even apply anymore. And it's just, I almost feel like people say that when they got nothing left to say. And it's like, you can't come up with anything better. It's the same. It's the same people that read headlines and comments. They just don't know. I, I mean, being up here in Ottawa, I mean, I tell people I go to Cleveland all the time and people are like Cleveland, you know, just, just on that old adage. And I'm like, have you been there? No. Then, then what are you talking about? It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> and every time I bring someone, Usually when we're crossing the PA line back to uh, Ottawa, they're like, man, when can we go back? You know, that was fun. <laughs> there's some there's some old school bars, Cleveland stadiums rocking. The tailgate scene's amazing. And, you know, Cleveland Browns football is back, man. You know, like it's it's worst case mediocre, but we're not the Browns as the Browns. You know, we didn't, especially after this season, the 11 wins that we got, that any team would have gave up and this team did not. No, and I mean, if we would have had to play that last game of the season, it could have easily been 12 wins because it was the Bengals, and we always beat them. So let me play the clip (laughs) of what happened at the Pro Bowl in this Madden 24 challenge, this little interaction between Micah Parsons and David Njoku, and then we'll talk about it. Micah, how do you think he did in the first half? I thought he did amazing. Uh, He made great adjustments. (laughs) He obviously showed why Cleveland is Cleveland. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, 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 That's a crazy shot. Don't give us that political... David, you have an opportunity for a rebuttal I mean, here. I mean, Obviously, first that first all, half didn't go the way you wanted. What, no, it's what, cool. It's cool. You okay. Know, you got to understand one thing, you know. And excuse my voice. It's got When the bosses come with big bosses. Mm-hmm. One thing, you know, you got to understand is he said Cleveland to Cleveland, but we're, we're, both, we're both here. I mean, we're both mm-hmm. like oh, interesting. Interesting. this Madden game. I think that's a shot. So, you you know, got to make it make sense. Any person who's reenacting Meek Mill lyrics is like, <laughs> I can't take it serious. I mean, I mean, but you, am I lying though? Nah, you, you try to be lyrical, but don't even get lyrical. I'm saying we're both fitting Lyrically, in the I'm supposed to represent. Right he has a good point, bro. We all here. Yeah. So what do you say? Cleveland, Cleveland. That was, well, that was, uh, okay, fair enough. Well, well, let's take it back uh, to this game for a second. <laughs> I like what he said at the end there where he says, so what are you saying? Cleveland is Cleveland like Dallas is Dallas? And Parsons yeah. was basically, well, okay, touche. Like, yeah, you guys, who who is a Dallas Cowboys player to come out saying Cleveland is Cleveland? You're the, you are the joke of the playoffs every year as yeah. the Cowboys. I, I know. I, I always say it every year. If you're not first, you're last sitting with the rest of us. Might as well go play some golf, right? That's right. Uh, the the When he said that, I don't know if you saw that, but first thing is Najoku just like snaps. Yeah. Like he got tense. And did you see it? Like Tariq, he's like, whoa. Tyreek, oh yeah. He was like, this. hey, man. He's like, are you sure you want to say that? <laughs> and is and when you see those two dogs sitting there, they're about the same size. And in your mind, you think, okay, tight end, uh, linebacker, DN, like you, you think 
you know, Parson might be bigger dude, but I think they're about the same. David's, you huge. know, he's a huge man. I would not want to make that guy angry. And he looked <laughs> pissed, yeah. right? Because he's sick and tired of it, just like you and I are sick and tired of it, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he let him have it. It was a good. It was a good. Dallas is Dallas. I mean, maybe we should start making that hashtag after this. I think it's going to be. Nice. I think it's going to be a thing coming out of this. And it was funny because I mean, and and Joku makes a great point that, hey, like we're both here, man. Like we're both at the Pro Bowl. You know, both of these teams had great seasons. Both had great players that are here at the Pro Bowl. I'm here. You're here. Like, why are we? Why are we going back to this old BS narrative? And, you know, Tyree Kill was sitting there. He's like, he's got a good point, bro. Like, we all here, <laughs> you know? And Yeah, they're all one and done. Yeah, yeah. And I looked and, you know, Parsons in his career with Dallas has one playoff win. And, and Joku in Cleveland has one playoff win. So, mm. I mean, there's, I don't really understand where he's getting off. He's just kind of running his mouth would be my thing, but he's kind of making himself look foolish, looking a little bit like a clown. I've seen a lot of that going around online, but yeah. just the chief taking taking offense to that and saying, no, nah, you're not going to talk about Cleveland and the Browns like that anymore. And like, I think Blake put on Twitter, he said, I didn't think I could love this guy anymore, but he yeah, just keeps doing things that's like, man, I freaking love David Njoku. Yeah, he, man, he, he said the same thing at the end of the Tampa Bay game last year. Uh, he That's basically right. we ain't done yet, you know, and it didn't fire them up enough. They just couldn't, you know, they needed that last two games. It just didn't work out that way. Yeah, so I mean, can, I mean, can you think of another Cleveland Browns player that's taken as big of a turn as David and Joko? I mean, he went from demanding a trade, not wanting anything to do with the Browns, not wanting to be here, wanting to play anywhere else. To having a conversation behind closed doors was Kevin and and Barry coming out and saying, "Okay, yeah, he fired his agent, got a new agent, stayed in Cleveland, and now he is just on fire." I mean, I I kind of shouldn't say on fire because that's probably bad for him because he caught himself. Yeah, on fire, yeah, but. That's kinda, yeah, tongue in cheek there. <laughs> but guy. really, though, I mean, honestly, the guy just blew up this year. I mean, he's he's shown it in years past where he's got this elite ability, but. We've just been waiting. Like, dude, can you just put this all together and blow up and just really break out? And he did. He did, and it was yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't think of anybody that would have uh, been like that. I mean, he has really progressed. It's great to see. Um, I was on the the bandwagon where I did not want him on the team for a bit. I thought he'd be a better model than he would be a football player, but he's really turned it around, and I really respect the guy. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, the uh, schemes with Ken Dorsey and Kevin Stefanski and the two tight end sets and really utilizing right. that. I don't feel like two tight end sets works too well with the Browns, do you, right now? Uh, not really. I mean, it, not now. I mean, we don't have the personnel for it, number one. Uh, number two, uh, with Nick Chubb, the run game, and sometimes when you utilize that, it means you're your running backs can't catch out of the backfield. At least our, our guys can, which is good. And um, I just don't think uh, the I just don't think the Browns are there right now. Now I would like to see another tight end being drafted, mm -hmm. something along the lines of uh, David Njoku, a really good blocker, a guy that can catch, you know, st stretch the field four wait, four five four five five speed or something like that. Am I at, like those guys get drafted in the first round though, but there could be a jam out there. Who knows? 
Maybe yeah. maybe Harrison Bryant, Bryant finds his way with Ken Dorsey and they resign him. I don't know. I mean, Harrison Bryant kind of looked like he was starting to do a couple things there toward the end of the season in that you know wild card game. He he did come out and make some big catches and some big plays, but overall his career development has been very disappointing. Coming yeah. out as the best, you know, the he won the award for best tight end colleges last year, and then I was so excited. We were all actually really excited when the Browns drafted him because thought he had a lot of potential, and then it was just never realized, you know, could go into why the tight end coach was let go. So yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see. They, uh, I know there's a lot of hope and expectation for Tommy Reese, not just to bring in some, you know, play concepts and things like that from the college level, but also to develop players. He's he has been touted as a very good developer of players, I guess, for lack of a better term. That's at least what I've read about him. And you know, that's what we need. Some of these young playmakers on the Browns just have not really, you know, amounted to much. Yeah. And again, it gets back to why those uh, previous coaches were let go. There seems to be no um, depth under what we have as far as uh, above average, or let's say, let's say good to elite players. And, you know, we need that to happen. Now are they going to gamble and let some of those guys go this year and bring in some new guys? Who knows what's going to happen? We'll see. Um, we'll see what draft picks there are. I mean, they have about eight still again this year. Mm-hmm. Do they need eight? Do they need, uh, you know, based on where they are, like $23 million over the cap? Uh, we'll see what happens there. But um, I-, I would like to see that tight end set get going because a, a lot of teams are doing that. Yeah. They definitely are. So I know we're running a little bit here on time. So let me just throw one question at you off the cuff because I saw this on Twitter today. It was a poll and I just want to get your opinion on this. So the question was, would you trade Wyatt Teller to the Titans for Traylon Burks and a fifth round pick? Well, that's a tough one. I know, right? Because I mean, you need... You need the, uh, I would say I would roll the dice with Barry and see what we pick up and see who we can sign. And I'm keeping Wyatt. Okay. Okay. That, that was I actually, say. I, I know I just said, yeah, whenever you said it's a tough one, I agreed with you, but actually I don't agree with you now that I think about it. Cause my initial reaction on that poll was immediately, I said, why tell her? Cause I said, I don't want anything to do with Traylon Burks. I, Two years in the NFL, injured both seasons, hasn't really shown much when he's been on the field. I just, at this point in, in time, nowadays in the NFL, your, your time to show something at the NFL level is so short. There's not yes. a lot of patience, and you will get moved off from very quickly. He was a first-round pick, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot anymore so I would definitely keep Wyatt Teller I want to keep the interior of that offensive line that we have right now for as long as we can and really yeah. I want to keep bringing along Luke Whipler because I do think he can potentially be part of that core in the future but for this year I'm good having Betonio Posick and Teller back in that middle of that line yeah I, I think uh, that was one of the, the the points for Ken Dorsey to sign here. He really likes the offensive line. Uh, I think anybody in the entire league would take a look at those, those starting five and really, really like what they're seeing. And I'm going to say the starting five does not include uh, Conklin. I don't know if he'll come back from all the major injuries. Uh, I'm going to say it's uh, Dewan Jones at the right tackle, still uh, Wills at the left tackle. 
because uh, he's still serviceable, right? And um, uh, that was a big a big draw for Dorsey. So we'll we'll see what happens w- with those guys as well. Yeah. So I mean, we'll just kind of wrap it up here with with some of this talk. But I did want to look up Jed Will's contract real quick because he was a. Let's see, we picked up his fifth year option last off season, which would mean that this year's contract. If I understand this correctly, this year's contract is fully guaranteed. So, yeah, if we like, we can't just cut Jed Wills because he is owed no. fifteen or four. I'm sorry, fourteen point six million against the cap. He's a sixteen million dollar dead cap. And then if we were to let's see, do some trade finagling here, it looks like we could end up. We could try to trade pre June first. Yeah, I wouldn't do it post pre June first, and it looks like they could save. Eh, I don't know. Th- these cap numbers, the way things all work out, I-, I don't really fully understand it, but I don't know. I feel like he's probably here, and like you said, Conklin's probably not. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see us parting ways with Wills at all based on the number. Um, any other starting left tackle would demand probably more than that. And so based on what our needs are to get like, 20, 23 million just to break even. And we're going to have to sign 26 players because I think we have 31 under contract. We are letting 26 players go. But 26 in, does include uh, Flacco and a couple other guys that came in later. So that's why the numbers don't match up. Um, but that's going to be a tough one for them. So while last year we're like, there's no way they use all their draft picks, this year they might not have an option. But True. we have to wait until we see if they work the same magic they did with Teller and Batonio and Miles and all these guys' contracts Mm -hmm. to drive that number down. Because one thing that we have heard Barry say, there's more than enough room, and we're looking at a plus 23 million (laughs) surplus right now. We're like, yeah. And I don't know how how exactly the contract situation works out based on the (laughs) details, but I do know that I've read multiple places that Deshaun's 60, what is it, like 64 million cap hit can be restructured and free up 33 million in cap space. We're rolling over, I think, 38 from 23. Oh, right. So there's, yeah. and they're going to restructure other guys too. So there's all kinds of cap space. Andrew Barry knows what he's doing. So if anybody out there is worried, just take a breath. We're going to be okay. We're going to field a pretty damn good team in 2024. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> Maybe they can do what Andrew Jackson said. They can nil them, right? So he'd drop it down to a million and then make him the spokesperson for Flying J for like the, the 60 million or whatever. Right. Oh, man. All right. Well, Kenny, I appreciate you jumping on the episode today and having some fun talking about some Brown stuff. I mean, the new cycle right now, it's a lot of coaching moves and, you know, kind of getting a game plan ready for you know, for 2024. But I guess one last thing before we go real quick, Super Bowl winner, who you got? I'm going to take Kansas City because they knocked out the Ratbirds and I have to listen to Aaron Butler. So thank you, Kansas City. Hope you win. <laughs> I'm actually taking Kansas City too because I told the guys I am done. I, I am taking a Brady approach with Patrick Mahomes. I will never yeah. bet against him until he starts to consistently lose. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. The, the, the guy, the team, they, they're just so damn good that the AFC goes through Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes for a long time to come, and that's what the Browns are gearing up for. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, we could have had him back in the 218 draft or whichever 217 draft. It, that escapes me. But yeah, I would have never thought that he would become the person that he is now. I don't think anybody would have. Same with Josh Allen. There's no way I thought these guys would become the what they are. No, definitely not. But, you know, that's why that's why we play the game. That's why the NFL is so much fun. And that's what we're going to be talking about here for the next whatever, six, seven months until we're ready to get back into real football. So, all right, Kenny, again, appreciate you and everybody out there. Make sure you guys go follow the Ottawa Browns backers on Twitter and Facebook. And are you guys on Instagram too? You are, right? Yep. Yep. Instagram, go check them out. Make sure you guys are following our show and everything we're doing on the socials. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe to the channel, audio again, follow the show on all the platforms that you listen on. And we will be back. I've got more State of the Browns coming out later this week. We're going to be doing our Mad Dog Awards. Kenny is part of that show. State, make sure you guys tune in for the Mad Dogs on Thursday night. We're going to do it live. (laughs) And we've got Dog Pack members presenting all the awards. And it is pretty cool. We got some pretty fire video announcements from you guys. And Kenny might just be (laughs) the best one. It's pretty good. So stay tuned. I won't give anything else away. It is awesome. So we will talk to you guys later this week. And until we see you again, let's go Browns. Go Brownies, go. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.